Welcome back to Schoolhouse Cracked. With me, as always, is Mr. Brett Derrickson, school administrator extraordinaire, international educator, father of three amazing children, and guy who regularly challenges me on a daily basis, sometimes over beer and sometimes over, uh, over a work conversation. Yeah, and with me is my very close friend, Dr. Marcus Motor Chandler, Dr. MC, father of zero children. But if I don't mind me saying, a heck of a pet owner. Uh, <laughs> there's two horses out there. There's a dog, two cats. You're making your contributions. But I can tell you a man who's invested in my head and my heart. I appreciate you, man, and thanks for being here with me again. So as always, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, download us on all your favorite podcast channels, and like us on Facebook. Yeah. Hey, today we're talking about a big concept, and I don't know how we're going to name this episode, whether it's going to be moving your learning out of the classroom, mm -hmm. uh, giving kids relevant opportunities to show what they know. I speak of it as uh, service learning. Kind of the guru of service learning is Dr. Catherine Berger Kay, um, and her work is world-renowned. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, uh, folks, what we're talking about is the ability of schools to allow kids to have choice in passion, solve problems, and apply their learning in a way that moves outside of those classroom doors and either into the community of their mm -hmm. school or the greater community. I remember um, that Dr. Motor Chandler was a sponsor, actually, of a really cool service learning event at the school we worked about. Yeah. you mind telling me about that process and, and what it meant to you? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it's something I've always been passionate about without really realizing it's a passion. You know, I didn't have the same experience as an educator being kind of indoctrinated into the world of service learning. And I don't say that negatively, but... Um, indoctrinated is a negative connotation. It is, but I, I, that's why I provided that clarification. Uh, but but welcomed into the world of service learning. And, and thinking back to my own personal experiences as a child, like I had these experiences, and they were more often than not created by my parents and not the educational system, but they were the more formative experiences in my life. But really what the, it comes down to is just an inability to say no to a student's great idea. Um, and so, uh, you know, I was an administrator in a large, large school, about 2000 kids. Um, and there was a graduating senior and she came to me with her agricultural science teacher and they just, uh, he asked to schedule an appointment with me. He said, Hey, I've got this student. We need to talk to you. We need, we need some help. And, uh, they came in plopped down and they're like, this is what we want to do. We don't know how to get it done. So to give some context, um, a school with a large military dependent population, a lot of military surrounded by, you know, four major military bases, five technically if you count out east. Um, and the school had this really kind of dead space in front of it. Um, I would say the size of the infield of a baseball field. Yeah. Um, some rocks um, elevated, but it was just kind of there. And, and as long as all of us had been there, none of us really knew what it was, what its purpose was. Um, and this student had spent four years in agricultural science, had been accepted to a major state university um, to study uh, something along those lines. And, and she said, I just really want to do something with that space. I would like to do a project that incorporates my agricultural learning with, with this teacher, um, but really recognize the roots of the school. So she proposed a um, uh, veterans memorial garden. And, uh, and the minute she said that I was sold, like I didn't need to hear anything else. I was like, what do you need? <laughs> and mind you, this is a 17, 18 year old. Um, but was really looking for her own opportunity and created her own opportunity where, frankly, we had kind of failed this kid 
in public education, um, but to leverage her learning at, from agricultural sciences, from horticulture, um, her commitment to the community, and, and create something positive for the community. And, and so frankly, I really just kind of was the hurdle remover, knowing all the, like the bureaucracy that exists when it comes to facilities, permitting, things like that. And, and just over the course of, of a semester, long story short, this young woman had created a Veterans Memorial Garden with that incorporated students from the, the uh, uh, metal and wood shop. Uh, those programs, those CTE programs, had incorporated numerous local businesses' donations, had incorporated the Army, had incorporated the school district, and... City Council. City Council. And I'm... And, you know, some of our sessions, I'm just sitting there... She's got questions about how to handle her next meeting because she... An 18-year-old doesn't know what a meeting with facilities, director, city council looks like. And really just kind of watching her, her blossom... And struggles with some challenging things. Heck, the kid created a Gantt chart for project management, um, which was truly impressive. And, and that that garden now is there four years later, um, and she's off studying that. And so it was less about building her resume. She'd already been accepted to college, already had a scholarship, but really wanted to link all of the things that encompassed her K twelve learning into something meaningful for community. And it really hit home for me um, because it's that old saying: like, think globally, act locally. And then just as adults, removing, creating an environment to do that and then removing the hurdles to accomplish that. Yeah. And I know your experience, Brett, in the IB and personal projects is an extended essay. is very similar. It is. I, you know, I had a few stories to share, um, uh, Marcus, and, and I will if, if, if it becomes organic again. But I'd like to capture some of the essentials there yeah. that, that, that you were talking about. And folks, as you're listening to this, if, whether you're a teacher, you're a student, or you're a family member, mm -hmm. um, what we're talking about, and the reason why I use the term service learning by Catherine Burger Kay is because it can be designed as both the process and the outcome of the curriculum. Embedded into coursework. Right. Yeah. And what Dr. Meaningfully. What Marcus is talking about is a student whose drive and curiosity and wonderment of applying what she's learned with all these skills we knew she had, but we didn't necessarily know she was exploding to do something meaningful. And we all jumped all over, yeah. all over it. And credit to our, our principal at the time and those teachers and everybody else for also being those hurdle removers. Yeah. I know that, that you were her mentor in that process. But I want to hang a, a, a few um, uh, cornerstones on this. One, student choice. Mm -hmm. Two, um, uh, creating situations in classrooms in your school culture where kids are allowed to ask, what's a problem I want to solve? I, lo I love that question. Yeah. Find a problem, identify a problem, propose a solution. Yeah. Think, think meaningfully about the yeah. skills that a young person or even uh, us adults will need in order to solve problems, mm -hmm. the communication skills, the research skills, mm -hmm. the problem-solving skills. Uh, the starting over skills, the rethinking skills, going back to the drawing board, mm -hmm. you know, just all, all of those things, they can be designed. Those interpersonal skills, yeah, communication, they can be designed mm -hmm. as a part of the curriculum. So if you're, if you're a parent that, that goes to school board meetings or who's, who serves on the school accountability committee or um, who's simply involved in the school committee, you don't just ask, what are they learning? Ask, how will they show what they know? Yeah. Is there anything purposeful that my child can do or our school can do as a result of their learning experience? Kids are 
inspirational. The one thing I'll say about this experience at Dr. Motor Channel I didn't quite capture is it was a lot of hard work. It was I, a lot I, I'll, of... I'll, pa- I'll pause you just to inter- interject there. It was a quarter million dollar project yeah. that was initiated by a student, funded through donations that she sought out, and supported by a district who also supported it. Yeah. And, and so an 18-year-old managed a quarter million dollar project. Yes. Yeah. And schools and principals and school boards, I'm not suggesting that every kid get a quarter million dollars. No, that, that wasn't money given for the project. <laughs> but when you add up yeah. volunteer hours, yeah. donations, manpower, like it's quarter million dollars. Yeah. You know, what, what, I'm, what I am saying, though, is what you guys, you and that student and those teachers and the other students that were involved, was this ability to cut through bureaucracy like the sharpest samurai sword you've ever seen. Getting actually, it's hard to say no to a kid. Yes, <laughs> it is, and and it's hard to say no to a good idea, and and what that did for our school mm-hmm. in regard to giving some validity and veracity to what we were trying to accomplish mm-hmm. as a public school said to the community, "Hey, wait a minute, we've got some really cool stuff going on here. This is a place mm-hmm. where people can go. It's a community resource because there's a there's two thousand kids in there, all who think." And all who have passion and all who simply need is, is guidance and, and now And now they see it's doable. Yeah. And, and the really – the thing I love most about that, that student project is, is it incorporated about 40 other students. Um, it incorporated students from, from uh, the metal shop, wood shop, the engineering program, the JROTC program. And, and so even though it wasn't their idea, they were able to see their skill set as actionable and having – a direct impact on their community. That's, you know, something I've always believed. If, if a student can impact their community in a tangible way, that's going to stick with them for the rest of their lives. If they can do something that they see in real time impacting their community, they're going to keep doing it exponentially over the rest of their lives. Right. Um, and, and so one of the other kind of stories around project-based learning, um, what, uh, thinking about a, a kid um, I had when I was working in, in Beijing, um, he hitchhiked himself over the summer around Europe. Now, kids, I'm not recommending you hitchhiking. I am. And I, kids, I think you should play in the street, too, the busiest <laughs> street possible. But, uh, but, but he had spent the summer in Europe with his parents' permission and, and hitchhiked or t- took the train from university to university in Europe. And he uh, sought donations from university professors in the field of atmospheric science. Um, and again, it's hard to say no to a kid. Yeah. And he asked for donations to build himself a weather balloon to measure the curvature of the Earth and send it up, one, as part of a project he was doing for school, but two, he just had this innate curiosity. And, and so really the adults just remove barriers for the kid to do this, em, uh, empower the curiosity, help them through failure, um, and, and that's the formative experience of a kid's life. So you used to talk about parents asking really challenging questions of school boards and educators. Um, you know, The questions about the textbook – surface level the questions yeah. about what they're going to do with their learning and we hear that all the time from kids when am i going to need to know this yeah marcus i'm going to in- invert this conversation yeah. i'm going to tell my own story from an experience with service learning but the intent i hope is not to be a one-upper is <laughs> simply to to just say yeah. though that what the stories you just shared are adults getting out of the way and leveraging curriculum mm-hmm. in, to enhance learning now yeah exactly so talk about in how we embed that now intentionally right yeah. okay so what i'm going to tell the story of is kids that are coming into your classroom mm-hmm. uh seemingly labeled or able to label as apathetic and uninterested mm-hmm. in learning and uninterested in their community yeah uh, we at the school i worked at we did a combined uh one semester in geography one semester of course i taught 
called Ethnic Studies. They took it as a single year long elective course. And in, in geography, they learned all of the nuts and bolts of service learning, the research skills, the communication skills, the, the brainstorming skills. They chose issues, they made proposals. Mm -hmm. We brought in people from outside of our community for to feedback, listen, absolutely. For feedback yeah. and listen to their presentations, essentially like presenting a business plan. And then the uh, panel of community experts help them choose the single project mm -hmm. that they are mm -hmm. going to turn to. Then they come into my ethnic studies class at the beginning of the semester. And we begin to learn in ethnic studies about de demography mm -hmm. and about uh, approaching communities and, and all these uh, different communication and execution skills. Long story short, the, the kids had begun, this was um, kind of in the advent of YouTube going crazy with posting mm -hmm. those like Fight Club videos. Oh, okay. Interesting. And we had lost a student the year before uh, in a drive-by shooting mm -hmm. in this fervor for our students to address in themselves their own aggressiveness, their own violent speech, and, their own, and the yeah. impact of violent actions in a community, turned to us looking at uh, violence and desensitization of mm -hmm. violence mm -hmm. and looking at our, our own community, addressing our own community about our behavior. Long story short, it was super cool and, and involved uh, the, the parents of two different slain students mm -hmm. from, from our school, yeah. an assembly, a pact. Uh, a really powerful and emotional school cultural event that I'm sure is lasting. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm telling you though. I had this one kid who was so committed to the project yeah. um, that was spending spare time, meet me after school, meet his classmates. He was using all of these unbelievable skills that I had never seen in him before. Mm -hmm. And you uh, probably wouldn't have had he not had that opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. I would have absolutely gone ahead and dismissed him as the bad. As apathetic or lazy. Yes. Yeah. But here's what I'm telling you. This is the, the bit of it. This is how unbelievable it can be when a young person sees those standards or those skills applied in a way that is relevant and meaningful in their lives. He wasn't going to his other classes. It turned yeah. out he was only showing was up to, to our service learning class. Yeah. And I had to sit him down and be like, hey, this is super important. You're essential. But you can't be essential to this project if you have an attendance plan or if you're mm. not coming to your class. I can't stand by you and support you. Right. I was, it was so meaningful to this young person to be a part of this project that I was able to hold him accountable. Yeah, leverage it for some overall accountability. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. So we discovered he was talented. Yeah. He discovered meaning and passion again in, in vitality in himself. Mm. And then I, I was able to help him be say, hey, man, you can't just be a part of this part of our community. There's larger contributions for you to make. Right. And, and so that hits on one of our previous episodes around jo kind of joyful learning. Yeah. Should school be fun? And, and we talked about um, student voice and choice and allowing mm -hmm. them that opportunity. Um, so one, so if, when we talk about things to do and do not do in regard to service learning, you know, that's a great example of, of giving that kid an opportunity to invest in their own meaningful way, apply actual skill. And, and that's something that has been one of my favorite things in, in seeing teachers do, it, you know, when am I going to need to know this? And, and we regularly address the quote theory yeah. with our student learning and, and very rarely do we move beyond theory. So we engage in the learning, we expect them to learn it, and then we move on. Um, but the application of that learning is always really important. So some of the, the things I've seen teachers do highly effectively in regard to service learning is um, you've got an engineering class, for example. They're coming up with this, these awesome ideas, and it looks great in CAD. And, 
conceptually it's awesome. It's going to solve all these problems. But ultimately, when that design gets to the people who are responsible for welding it or, or nailing it together, um, it doesn't work. And, and so that that's a real-world scenario. Like there are companies where this, the, the manufacturers and the engineers sit around the same table and problem-solve. And, and so creating those real-world opportunities for kids, some of the best things I've seen teachers do is, is they move theory to practice by putting kids around a problem that is actually going to result in a tangible product and letting them work the problem. Yeah. And, yeah. and so same thing, you know, the, the easiest um, uh, uh, comparison here is like public speaking, right? Public speaking in front of a class of your peers is one thing. But public speaking in front of the person who may buy your – business yeah. or may invest in your idea or may donate to you is a whole other thing or trying to convey an idea or a concept to somebody who's a critic in the field or an expert in the field and convince them of that is such a high order skill and so creating those opportunities in our curriculum for students to engage in authentic application of their learning is, is huge and so when we talk about service learning you know we're not saying you need to go out and and rebuild a park in your town. We're not saying you need to um, create a new pacemaker that can be monitored on your phone. We're, we're saying you can create organic opportunities in your coursework to allow students to meaningfully and authentically practice the skill that will then have an impact in their school, their community. Yeah. And, and that's one of the great things about service learning is an increase in civic mindedness, yeah. an increase of uh, cultural awareness and cultural diversity by getting kids in those authentic situations. They're out of their minds and into the world. And another buzzword, agency, creating yeah. a sense in that child. Efficacy that, and agency. Yes, yeah. that what I do matters in the world. That's, that might be as we go into some of the challenges that we're facing you know, in the next couple of decades is the belief that I can make a difference whether it's making a difference at the ballot, or whether it's making a difference in solving problems. Students need to have the agency. Young, we all, excuse me, we all need to have the agency, the belief yeah, that, absolutely. that I can impact uh, outcomes. I'm gonna go ahead and share a good, good old fashioned uh, stop doing or don't do. Okay. Uh, all of our schools have these structures where we put kids in the leadership position, mm -hmm. where we, we put them typically outside of the classroom into places that uh, where they can use those soft skills or those student council skills. business yes, theater exactly. band right. yeah you know my daughter right now is one of those uh eighth graders that gets to be we call it link crew if you're not familiar with that but like one of those uh student leaders that gets to mentor meet, yeah. meet and be uh, a partner to sixth graders mm -hmm. as they come in that new middle school experience i was talking to my daughter about it the other day and she was pretty explicit about things that were going well and that things that, that weren't going well Long story short, in this case, I didn't correct all of her, her thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I just honored them and listened to them. But I did think to myself, geez, I wish that they were teaching her the skills that she needed. Not just recognizing that she has a potential to be a leader to nominate her to be a part of this crew or this mentorship program. But very little time was spent on helping her understand She's an eighth grader now. She might not remember how to talk to a sixth grader. Mm -hmm. She might not know how to, to really say, hey, I need your attention over here. Thank you. Right. Uh, the, the tools yeah. and the skills that it takes that we just expect somebody to have. So I'm going to push back against the organic experience. We want them to have organic experiences. We want them to have relevant experiences, yeah. but we need to be explicit in, about in how teaching we're the skill. In teaching yeah. the skill. Yeah, absolutely. It, and I'm glad you made that clarification because as you're talking, it it triggered something that just happened to me actually today. So I I wrapped a, a class with uh, a, the term ended for one of my current graduate student classes, 
and uh, that's when the feedback rolls in, and mm-hmm. and uh, the feedback. It's also helping me that they were very upset with a, another professor in the homework load, um, but they they were they, they were expressing appreciation of the fact that we talked theory regarding skill attainment, and then we practiced it. We practiced it through role plays within the classroom, and then went to the lab and practiced that skill again. And opportunities for feedback over and over. So I'm glad you made that distinction because that's 100% something I agree with because without the opportunity to turn theory into practice with feedback and being explicit in teaching the skill, um, you know, and we do that all the time, right, as educators. We we expect something of an eighth grader and then are disappointed maybe when it's not delivered at the level we expect. Um, And then there's usually a disparity in how we explicitly taught that skill. So that's a great example. Yeah, stop expecting and stop being disappointed when students don't have the skills mm. and start disca- deciding explicitly what you want them to know and be able to do and make sure you give them a chance to learn it, to practice it, to get feedback, and to try again. Yeah, and that's m- one of my favorite learning experiences, watching kids engage in that process, is you've taught a skill, you give them a real-world opportunity to practice that skill, and inevitably the first, second, third time you do it, you're never going to do it well. Yeah. And there's going to be some, maybe some failure in learning through failure and then debriefing that through feedback. And that's the major learning experience yeah. I love about service learning. Um, so uh, what we're saying, folks, is that you don't need to revamp your entire curriculum. But think, think about ways that you can maybe get kids to, to engage in some civic, civically minded um, service learning opportunities where they can take theory to practice, have a positive impact in their community or their school. Um, I always recommend starting at the school level, and then once that skill is built, expanding to the community, um, a- and just give them opportunity for feedback on those skills. And those are the learning experiences that I. That's what that's what keeps me in education. Yeah, 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 a- absolutely. Uh, don't reinvent the wheel out there. Again, there are absolute resources. The reason why we're using the term service learning, you also heard uh, MC talk about project-based learning, uh, relevant experiences. Folks, there are absolutely ways that as a parent that you can ask your school how to help make uh, learning relevant. If your school can't explain why something uh, is is relevant to the learning, um, then you've got a, a, a ground to stand on. Of Push course, back, ask a question. Absolutely, yeah. you know, it's not the future that's their lives. Each day is their lives, it is relevant. Uh, teachers, if you're looking into uh, ways to do this, it doesn't have to be combining interdisciplinary courses like I just spoke mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. It could simply just be in the in the product or the outcoming of that unit having some sort of variable by which they have to perform in public. Or you mm-hmm. know, I just saw you know um, a few years ago. I think you'd even remember we were working together. Um, of course, um, you know they're reading a you know a popular uh, novel. And the students had to do a physical representation of it. Mm-hmm. And they, they created a little art project. They set up outside in the hallway, and they sat out in the hallway and next to their project. And they had to be able to explain theme or characterization mm-hmm. or a particular aspect of literature to an adult or to another student as they walked by just by looking at their art project. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, because those themes in those novels were related to having an impact on your society, right. they were doing a small act of service learning there because mm-hmm. they were sharing what they learned and why it's important with others. And being able to teach somebody else is one of the highest forms of knowledge. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite things about that project as a bit of an aside is the students presenting some high-level critical thinking on, on some texts, some novels, and some of the adults 
pretending to have read that book. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes, of course I've read Mice and Men. Oh, yeah, I'm very familiar. I'm very familiar. And, very critical moment. <laughs> a serious character. Yeah, and then watching the kids' realization as they explain that the adult actually doesn't know what, <laughs> what they're referencing because they don't – they haven't read the book. Um, it's a bird in a cage. Can you guess the novel? <laughs> uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. No, all right. Um, so, again, folks – uh, we're really curious to see what you're doing with service learning. Um, so parents, are you out there and your, your students engaging in some type of ser service learning, whether it's related to the school or maybe a community organization? Teachers, what are you embedding into your, into your curriculum, into your classroom? Or what is your school doing? Um, you know, there are some schools who embed this as a graduation requirement, yeah. and there are some schools where this only exists because one teacher decided to embed it in their coursework. So send us your thoughts on service learning. What are you doing? Parents, what are you seeing your kids engage in? Send us your thoughts at schoolhousecracked at gmail.com. Send us a comment on Facebook. Message us. We'd really like to see kind of what those really organic, cool, super awesome service learning projects are and how they're impacting your kids' critical thinking and investment in learning. Process. Absolutely. This is an opportunity to brag. Yeah. about the cool things and the lasting and enduring learning experiences and uh, the meaningful things that are happening in your school. Yeah. So teachers, students, families, stand up for schools. Not everything's a crack. Yeah. Uh, and tell us what's going on where your kids are actually having an opportunity to do things that they couldn't do if they were just learning in your home. So as always, thank you for tuning in to Schoolhouse Cracked. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, like us on Facebook, and download us on all your favorite podcast channels. With me, as always, is Mr. Brett Derrickson. Good friend, little twitchy right now. Had an interesting day getting ready going back to school, but I know he's going to start his school year off on an excellent note. Absolutely. And my close friend, Dr. Marcus Motor Channel and Dr. MC, thank you for being somebody who's always lowered the barriers for kids yeah. when they want to do something special. That story is not uh, something that exists in a, in a vacuum. I've seen you do it for six years. I appreciate that you care meaningfully about what kids are doing. So thank you again for tuning in to Schoolhouse Cracked, where we look and investigate into those cracks in public education and find out solutions from our standpoint and especially from your standpoint at home, you the viewer and you the listener.